Welcome to Coaching for Creatives with Kirsten. My name is Kirsten Call. I'm a therapist-trained life coach and a children's book author. Together, we'll get the drama out of our lives and onto the page. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, changing your narrative. This is the first in a six-part Get Yourself Unstuck series. I've always been a fan of narrative therapy. It's probably because I love stories. My most recent book, The Big Scream, came about because I was attempting narrative therapy on my daughter, Sydney. She was a very loud toddler. I even dedicated the book to her, Sydney, the original big screamer. So she screamed and yelled and made herself heard, and I kept trying to figure out ways to get her to stop. At the time, I had three other children and pretty constant headaches, and finally one day I was exhausted and exasperated, and I just started telling stories of Wilma and her big scream. Crazy things always happened when Wilma screamed. The spiders fell out of their webs. The scream was so big, people on the other side of the world woke up. The scream was so big, fish jumped out of their streams and tried to swim on dry ground. Sydney's eyes would widen mid-scream and she'd quiet down and listen to the story. Wilma always figured out a way to stop screaming and put her shoes on or get in the car or share her toys. Wilma and the Big Scream was the very first picture book I ever wrote and shared with a critique group. Shout out to Writer's Rumpus. Ten years later and dozens of iterations later, it's a rhyming board book with Little Simon. The point is, narratives are powerful. Stories are powerful. My stories for Sydney, who, by the way, is 17, helped her calm her powerful emotions. Likewise, the stories we tell ourselves powerfully impact our actions. So as normal humans, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% of those thoughts are negative. We tell ourselves negative stories, stories about how we aren't good enough or not as good as that other person or we're never going to succeed. Those stories are just sentences in our brain. They aren't even true. Isn't it funny? We seem to think that our thoughts are true when they are actually just like any other story. Fiction. There was a study done of inmates in prison who practiced golf in their minds as they were in jail. And when they got out, they were measurably better at golf, although they hadn't held a golf club in years. That is proof that our minds don't distinguish between our imagination and reality. That's what makes our thoughts so powerful. We have the choice. We can choose the negative story, or we can choose to believe the story that moves us towards success and positivity. I know two people who got book contracts from the same publisher on the same day. One of them expressed worry and concern about the contract and the company, and the other was on cloud nine and not worried about any of that. Both people had this exact same circumstance with very different thoughts and feelings about it. Life coach Brooke Castillo came up with a beautiful way of processing and changing our unwanted, unintentional thoughts into intentional thoughts. She calls it the model. I'm going to explain a process that transformed my life. It's something I do every day. And there's a link in the show notes for a worksheet if you want to pause this, print it out, or at least look at it as you listen. This is the kind of thing where visuals are very helpful. Before I describe the practice, I want to point out that this works for anything in your life. Any negative thoughts you're having. It can be about your kids, or the mess in your house, or the food you're eating, or your boss, or anything you're struggling with. 
for the purpose of this podcast, I'll be using writing examples, but this practice is truly all-encompassing. Okay, so the first thing you do is you write down whatever is in your mind, kind of like stream of consciousness. Even if you don't know what to write, write that down. I don't know what to write. My feet are cold, whatever. You can fill a page or set a timer for three minutes, whatever works better for you. If you want to try this now, press pause, or you can keep listening and try this later. After you've spilled everything onto the page, read what you've written. Circle all the negative thoughts. If you don't have any, you're probably censoring yourself because remember, (laughs) 80% of our thoughts are negative. Then decide which of the circled thoughts you want to focus on. One thought that I hear a lot from many of my clients is, I'm not good enough. So we'll work with that thought today. First of all, your thoughts about your circumstances lead to your feelings, which lead to your actions, which lead to your results. I'm going to say this again because it is very important. Thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to actions or inactions, which lead to results. Okay, so what is a circumstance? Circumstances are the facts in our lives, like other people's behavior, the past, things we cannot change, things that can be proven in a court of law, neutral things, things we all agree on, like that door is red, this is a computer, the date is January 31st, 2023. Lots of times people will think a thought like, I'm fat, is a circumstance. They think it's a fact, but it is just a thought. If you want to put something in the circumstance line around your weight, you can say, I weigh 300 pounds. That's a fact, a real circumstance. So for this particular example, we'll say the circumstance is a novel you're revising. When I do this exercise, I'm writing these things down. I write the circumstance, then colon, and then novel revision. We always have thoughts about our circumstances. It's just the way our brains work. So that's what's next. Thoughts are sentences in our minds and stories that we tell ourselves. The thought we're focusing on for today is I'm not good enough. So on the next line below the circumstance, I'm going to write thought, colon, I'm not good enough. So far, the circumstance is your novel revision. The thought is I'm not good enough. And then that leads to your feeling. In this exercise, we want to write down one feeling. Usually the feeling is something like sad or angry or defeated when we're thinking this thought. So on the next line, I'll write down feeling, colon, and just one of those feelings. So for today, I'm feeling defeated. When we are thinking I'm not good enough and feeling defeated, what do we do? This is the action which I write down on the next line. And the action can be something we do or don't do. In this case, when we're thinking we're not good enough and feeling defeated, we probably don't do anything. And then... What we do is beat ourselves up for not doing anything, which just, of course, compounds the problem. At this point, I've got four lines with the circumstance, thought, feeling, then action, which leads to the result. And I'm going to write that below the action line. In this case, the result is you've proven to yourself that you're not good enough by doing nothing. With this exercise and practice, the result always leads back to your thoughts. You're thinking you're not good enough, so you prove it to yourself by not being good enough. Again, thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to actions and directly lead to your results. Telling ourselves the negative story that we're not good enough leads to us proving to ourselves that we're not good enough. Every time we think I'm not good enough, we're building a bad neural pathway and that gets stronger and stronger unless we break the pattern. 
So the key is to notice when we're thinking, I'm not good enough. You got to notice. You got to be metacognitive. Think about what your thoughts are and notice. Oh my goodness. I'm telling myself I'm not good enough. Again, when you notice, stop. Delete that thought. Every time you notice you're thinking, I'm not good enough, replace it with another one. And we're going to talk about thoughts we can replace that with in a minute. So the moment you stop yourself, you are breaking that bad neural pathway and leaving room for a new, better neural pathway. You're leaving room for a thought that serves you. So on your paper, you've written what your brain does automatically without us thinking about it. Now you'll write all the same things again, circumstance and below that thought, below that feeling and below that action. And lastly, result. This will be our intentional model. And the circumstance always stays the same. It's going to be novel revision. Okay, so next comes your thoughts about it. Let's choose a better thought to replace I'm not good enough, something you can believe and can think instead. Perhaps I have all the tools I need to complete this novel, or I'm exactly the person who can write this novel the way it needs to be written, or I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be on my writing journey, or nothing has gone wrong here. It takes time to revise. You're going to choose one of those thoughts and write it on your thought line. Let's choose, I have all the tools I need to revise this novel exactly the way I want to revise it. When you're telling yourself this positive story, you're building up the good neural pathways, training your brain to think in a way that serves you. When you think those positive thoughts, I have all the tools I need to revise this novel exactly the way I want to. How do you feel? Do you feel dauntless? Empowered? Motivated? Energized? Next to the feeling line, we're going to write one of those words. I happen to be a huge fan of the word dauntless, so I'm going to choose dauntless. When you are feeling dauntless, what do you do? This is where your action comes in. When you're feeling dauntless, you get to work. It really is that simple. So next to the action line, you'll write, spend two hours daily revising or five minutes daily. The amount of time is irrelevant because you are working towards your goal. This is the intentional model. Thinking I have all the tools I need to revise this novel exactly the way I want to leads to feelings of dauntlessness and action, actually revising, which leads to the result of a revised novel. Isn't this incredible? The circumstances didn't change, but our thoughts did. I witnessed a real life example of this last night when I brought my seventh grade son to play practice. On the way there, he said, I don't want to go. My part doesn't matter. It's a small part. They don't even need me. I'm quitting. His narrative was pretty negative, right? (laughs) But at our house, if you sign up for something, you don't get to quit just because you feel like it. So he went to play practice. When I picked him up two hours later, I asked him how it was. And he said, oh, it was fun. I have one line. I think the line is something about a baseball bat. And he said, I get to sing this solo. And then he burst into song. Whether he was thinking negatively or positively about his part in the play, it was the same part. And he was so much happier when he appreciated it and told himself the positive story that it was a fun part. Our stories and narratives, the sentences in our brains that we choose to think lead to all the results in our lives. And this is good news. In fact, this is phenomenal news. It means we don't have to be at the mercy of our thoughts. We can decide what to think or feel on purpose. For many of us creatives, telling stories is natural. There's nothing more empowering than writing our own story. 
Until next time, keep smiling. If you like what you've heard, check out my Get Yourself Unstuck program. Go to kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and schedule a free consultation today. Coaching for Creatives is produced by Kirsten Call. Music and audio engineering by James Call.